Hello, friendos. Toast name is Chad Dukes. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. It's the Chad Dukes Radio Show. It's not Free FM. So give Chad a call. Here's the number. 385-645-5375. It's Miller time. What is that, Lil? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hotel. Alpha Delta. Yeah, Dukes. Dig it. There but for the grace of God, go with me. With a nickel-sized hell and a damaged wind. We rode over New York, never let us back in. We blew out the lights, kicked the windows in. And when the law showed up, said they're gonna have to take us in. They're scared of my music. I'm not sure who the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast is for. It should be for me. Rob McElhaney, Glenn Howerton, Charlie Day. That should be for me. I can't really pin down why it's not, but it's not. Um, And I'm not saying anybody shouldn't listen to it. But the newest example of comedians or actors doing a podcast, when they were not originally broadcasters... And I know this is a Duke's trope, and I'm not going to be shaking my hand at the sky very long. We have a huge Friday show for everybody that is listening. You won't have me for very long today. So, if you like me, sorry about that. If you don't like me, uh, congratulations. But we have a, a very full Friday show for everybody. I love It's Always Sony Philadelphia. I love all three of those guys in their respective careers. I watched like a full season of AP Bio, which is a show that Howerton did. Uh, in addition to It's Always Sunny, it was okay. Uh, Charlie Day. Oh, yeah. Horrible Bosses. Good movie. Well, not good movie. Funny movie. And uh, since I'm running solo, I can say that. Horrible Bosses. Funny movie. Horrible Bosses 2, not as funny, still kind of funny, though. Still kind of funny, though. Now, someone's going to relay this to the big man, and then it's all going to start up the narrative of, oh, he liked Bad Moms 2 Christmas uh, Celebration or Hot Tub Time Machine. And that's another thing that I'm going to have to get off my chest right now. Haven't seen either of those. Don't plan on seeing either of them. Horrible Bosses is a different franchise, but I know it gets lumped into the same general Hollywood comedy, just put it out there and see if anybody's going to laugh. I get it. I understand what it is. I have to completely assume Horrible Bosses is funnier than both of those movies, and I'll stand by that movie as just being not a, I already said it was a good movie, Uh, can't stand by that. A movie that's good for a couple laughs. That's what it is. And I have to stand by that movie because it it has made me laugh a good amount of times. Now, whatever your proclivities are to liking that movie or not liking that movie, it is what it is. 
and that's way beside the point. Um, the It's Always Sunny podcast on paper sounds like a fantastic, fantastic show. It sounds like everything that you wanted to do, uh, be like you're sitting at the bar with them at the show. You're kind of sitting there messing around, having a good time, but it's like a light version of the show. And the show is so good. The, it's always sunny itself. Fantastic. But the podcast is the diet version of that. I don't need the diet version of that. There's already plenty of other comedians doing diet versions of their acts in podcasts, and if that's a topic that I see, oh, maybe he's going to have an interest, interesting opinion on it. Oh, uh, Bill Burr's talking about Patrice O'Neill here. I'll listen to that. I'd still prefer his stand-up, but I'll listen to that. Someone's going on Rogan. Okay, yeah, I'll listen to that. I think when it boils down to it, you have Rogan, you have, and this is, you know, I'm not excluding the show, I'm just going from a, but objectively without including the Chad Duke show presented by Monk's Barbecue in Percival, Virginia. Uh, Tim Dillon does a fantastic show. The Chip Chipperson podcast is fucking hilarious. Um, and then all this stuff on Compound is very funny. But I don't know who pushed them to do that. I, 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 the, the, it's always telling people. I don't know who pushed them to start that show and then see where it went. It could be something where they said, okay, we can make money from this. We can get a bunch of views on the first one. And then the second one will get a little down. It could be one of those, or I, I don't know if that's really the best use of their creative outlets because they can do so well with character developments on the, the TV show. And within TV shows in general and what they want to do, I don't know if it's the sit around and talking style is best for them. And this is just a opinion of somebody who's never been in the room with them for a meeting or actually knows who they are, what their comedy styles are. But I've enjoyed so much of their content previously that it just makes me wonder. And I guess I'll keep watching you know, if a clip pops up from it, I'll see if it's funny. Um, and maybe that's the problem is that it, it just, it's spoiled. And then when you have lightning in a bottle, like what the TV show is, like what it's always sunny in Philadelphia is lightning in a bottle. It's a unicorn. And you try to do something else with it. It's not really going to work for you. And I guess they have to realize that, but they also have to keep pushing so that's kind of the dilemma that we get in, and I catch myself maybe even at the, during this show, during this five to six minutes, however long we've been talking, of being too critical of that and understanding, wow, you know, I know John Krasinski has played a ton of other roles, like I think Jack Reacher, and he was in a bunch of other movies, but he had lightning in a bottle when he was on The Office. Same with Steve Carell, same with... Uh, uh, Rain Wilson, the whole cast is always going to be the good people from the office, which is kind of a bummer, but also unicorn. So you have to keep on pushing no matter how many people are going to call you Dwight or Jim or Mike or Michael, whatever. So maybe I'm definitely being too uh, critical, but it is what it is today on the Chad Duke show, which it is the Chad Duke show. 
this is your sampler platter for what is at stake or in stake in stake for you yes in stake for you not at stake for you you are not risking anything by listening to a free podcast that is a little bit over an hour what is in stake for you is some of the best stuff that we did during the week some of the funniest stuff uh some of the most insightful stuff we talked a lot it was a, a weird week we did a lot of different shit uh shit um a lot of stuff that I thought was really fun and really strong. And maybe it's because we were talking football and that's something that I really like to do. And also something I'm very comfortable doing, um, especially with Dukes. Uh, and with that for the home crowd, uh, we get a full reaction to the Carson Wentz signing here in Washington, which was, and not to, I hope people don't misconstrue it as making fun of Washington but just rather that it's a folly and it's only a folly because of name association and a bad left-handed interception last year, but it's a folly. Um, But we'll get that whole breakdown of Carson Wentz coming here. We had really good emails on the show um, and that'll be releasing today as well. If you're a, a regular subscriber to the show, so today, if you're a regular subscriber, you will have this free episode with a little bit of the fresh content of me talking and babbling about uh, people that will never know that I exist uh, on this earth. Uh, and um, then you'll have the real show uh, with Dukes, and it's all full. It's the full show. It's everything that you're looking for if you're a subscriber. And we're going to hit that quote of how many shows that we really wanted to get to in a week. That's also dropping today. And then additionally... Um, one of my favorite bits, and this is only a bit that happens if I really put myself, um, if I really prepare myself and then give myself a shot to do this. It's one of my favorites. Um, I'll see, Dukes will give me movie recommendations. He's probably given me at least 100 since I started doing the show with him. At least 100. And it's hard to work down that list. It is because it's a daunting, daunting list. Uh, but this past weekend, I saw a shit ton of movies. I mean, I saw a ton of movies. Basically, I saw Cabin in the Woods, and then I saw Eastern Promises, and I saw A History of Violence, the last two being uh, featuring Viggo Mortensen. Dukes had been asking me to watch these movies, and it's fun because when you, when he can start getting genuinely excited about something, about talking about something that he's passionate about, i.e. these movies then I think it reflects well in the show. So you'll get a little bit of all of that today um, for your sampler platter to encourage you to subscribe to the Chad Dukes show. Now, if I can encourage you to do something else, that would be to go to manscaped.com. Do you know what they are just rolling out? If you don't, I'll let you know right now. It is the Ultra Premium Collection. It's the ultimate wet goods bundle, which includes deodorant, Yes, actual armpit deodorant. You got your body wash, you got two-in-one shampoo plus conditioner, you have hydrating body spray, essentially a lotion, and this package comes with a free set of Manscaped lip balm. Now, you're saying, Tor, I already have all this stuff. I already, I got shampoo, I got all this, but it's going to run out eventually. And when that runs out, you're not going to be wanting to be walking around stinking the high hell. So... 
keep this idea in your back pocket. Put it right there in your brain and say, oh, Manscaped has a huge bundle of stuff that I could just order right now. It all comes to me. Everything that I would need to keep up with my personal hygiene. And additionally, I'm getting 20% off and free shipping with the code DUKES when I use this code if I want this bundle. So if I'm running low on shampoo, I'm saying, okay, I'll get some shampoo. Oh, wait, I'll get it at 20% off and free shipping. How about that? You think your jackass neighbor is using a code like that? No. This lawn's not better than yours. He's got leaves all in his pool the whole time. He's got dead trees all over the place. You're a winner. Better than him. He's got a hack mailbox. You're chilling. Manscaped.com. Use the Duke's code for 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you and your neighbors will envy you. Now, on with some of the funniest parts of this past week of the Chad Duke Show. Friendos, if you're in the area, make sure you visit Commonwealth Dry Goods in scenic Old Town Fairfax. They have the very best in local candles, peanuts, gifts, chocolates, olive oil, hot sauce, along with ice-cold cheer wine, and both types of music on vinyl. You can check them out on Instagram and Facebook at Commonwealth Dry Goods or order online today at CommonwealthDryGoods.com. So, uh, Carson Wentz got traded to the Washington Commanders, and... Uh, well, let's go through it. He's got a $22 million salary with a $6.29 million roster bonus in 2022. He's got a $20 million salary with a $6.17 million roster bonus for 2023. And, Tor, here you go. $21 million salary with a 6.23 for 2024 for Carson Wentz. Um, uh, Washington gets Wentz in a second and a seventh. The Colts got a second, third, and a conditional third. So, basically, it was for mid-round picks. But this was more about... Um, I think the Colts moving on and, and dumping his salary on somebody else. Uh, this is on the heels, of course, the report that we got earlier. I think it was last week, Tor, that the uh, the Washington uh, uh, had, had called everyone. Called everybody. Yep. Every single franchise in the league. Pat Mahomes, Chiefs, you're getting a call. Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, you're getting a call. <clears throat> everybody got a call. They ended up with Carson Wentz. Um, the, the story isn't... And I've heard a couple of people make this point. I saw this tweet. I think people were copy and pasting this tweet. Like, oh, of course, it went through for 3,500 yards and 27 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. Well, if he did that in Chicago, they'd have a parade for him, you know? You think we're dumb? Are you tweeting to people that don't watch football? They have to be. I always find it funny when sports guys, like, start looking at stats and, like, slicing up something that would make some weird argument for themselves and then throwing it out there like, we all haven't watched what this guy has done. Right? Right. It's fucking crazy to me. Um, Carson Wentz is a quarterback that can play in the football league. Uh, He's a guy that's had success. um, And that much is assured. He's been given up now by given up on by two teams, and one of them is what I think the major point is. And I want to say I think I retweeted this. I think Ross Tucker made this point yesterday. I used to have on my show quite a bit, and probably would now not take my phone calls. But he tweeted this out. I think it's a salient point. If Frank Reich of all people is willing to trade Carson Wentz, even though his team doesn't have a starting quarterback. You probably shouldn't give up two third-round picks to the right to pay him $28 million this season. And to me, Tor, I- I'm not celebrating this. I-, I don't wish ill will on I don't wish ill will on Dan Snyder or anybody that still 
roots for that team. I want them to do well. I live in this area. It would be better for this area. I said this when the Nationals won a World Series. I'm not a big baseball fan, but it was better for the area. It's better for the community. It's better for um, the the uh, the economy. Yeah, it's better for it's better for young kids to be into baseball. It's better for young kids to be into team sports to have that interest over Pokemon, in my opinion. Um, so I want I want the the, the 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 Nationals to win World Series. I want the Capitals to win Stanley Cups. So much, so on and so forth. It's better for everybody. Um, I just can't imagine not being objective enough if I was still supporting that team to look at this as a complete and total pig fuck. Because you don't give up on a quarterback in a league if you don't have a backup plan. The 49ers still have Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. They have the backup plan. He's there. They drafted him. It's unbelievable to me, Tor. There's a reason why the Raiders are sitting there still with Derek Carr. Like, what are we gonna do if we don't have Derek Carr? Right. They don't like Derek Carr. They don't want him. They need him. They have to have him. They're not stupid. The Colts are a playoff team. The Colts, if they had the right guy quarterback towards, stop me if you don't agree. Super Bowl caliber team. At a couple times last season, they were the hottest. We said on the show during our big football rundowns. They're the hottest team in the in the league. When Jonathan Taylor was popping off for 180 and they're beating good teams, like shit, this is a good team here. They're in arguably the worst division in the league. Yeah. Um, and all you got to do is split with the Titans, and then I, I don't. You're getting home games in the postseason. I, I I don't know how you can look at the way Carson Wentz played when it came down to as Sean Salisbury has said on the show many times, nut cutting time, and not say, oh, these are the same issues. This this is the same garbage. The, the, I forgot who the player was. We talked about it many times on the show. I think it was one of the barbers that said it, where he came out and said, Carson Wentz is going to play well for a while, and then he's going to do something so inexplicably horrible that it's going to put your team in a really bad spot. And it was the week they were playing the Titans. Yeah. And he was in his end zone, and he fucking was getting sacked, and he threw the ball to a DB, I think on the two-yard line, waltzed in for a touchdown. The game was over after that. We have seen that time and time and time Again, he's a gentleman that doesn't learn from his mistakes. And I think that's why, if you're a Washington fan, that is your secondary biggest issue with all this. Your first tour is it he bitches and whines. He lets people know about it. He doesn't appear to be a very good teammate. There's reports coming out this week that he was upset when the Eagles won the championship because they're having too much success without him. I don't know if that shit's true. But if you are building a foundation, which, by the way, kudos to Ron Rivera. He gets three years to build a foundation with an organization. I don't know a lot of coaches to get that. So God bless him. He's still trying to figure out that that culture that he wants to build so badly. Uh -huh. um, if you're still building a culture three years in, this is not the guy you bring in. This isn't the culture guy. If you're going to play the culture card, you, you got to bring in Teddy Bridgewater. You know, Maybe he's not as talented as other quarterbacks. Suffered through terrible injuries. Steadying force. Takes care of the football. Locker room leader. Yeah. That's a culture guy. If you're going to bring in Carson Wentz, he gotta, he's got to be as good as Aaron Rodgers. He's not. He just can't be a regular quarterback. He just can't do that. He can't be someone that just plays the quarterback position. At some point, he's going to get finicky and do something so just dumb. And you're like, just play quarterback. Don't, don't overthink out here. Just play quarterback. Make the right decision. And it, it, it's not, oh, 50-50 ball, that's fine. No, it's take the sack. Yeah. Throw it out of bounds. Do, how many – oh, God. I, how many times were you watching the Colts where he looked like he was trying to throw it out of bounds, almost got picked right on the right. sidelines? What's, Get the ball out of bounds. What's the one – well, I mean, he keeps getting injured. Like, he keeps not uh, – yeah. he keeps he's, – he's a frail quarterback, and he keeps running the football. I mean, what is one of the things – one of the things that always Russell Wilson gets lauded for – 
um, is not his ability to run. It's his ability to know when to use his legs to protect himself. Um, his ability to run is less of a weapon than it is of an ability to extend a pocket, to get outside of trouble, or to get out of bounds and and and, and potentially make something happen while you're doing it. Right. I don't need a Lamar Jackson. I don't need a guy that's going to sit there and take you know fifteen wildcat read option plays. I need a guy that can use his athleticism and his legs because not everybody has them to keep himself safer. Um, and that was Robert Griffin III's downfall, most assuredly one of them. There's about a hundred. I, I need you to be not what Wen says in a lot of different ways, and it's crazy because to get to that level tour and to have the success he had. I mean, what it was in 2017, he was the MVP candidate or whatever it was. Yeah. Like to get to be able to pull that off, you got to be you know, what what percentage of the population can do that? Um, and he has all that, but it's the rest of the stuff that's in the bag. And it seemed like when he was starting off, when the machine broke down... We break down. He, he was able to find a way and make... When the defense is scrambling, he's getting out of the pocket and he's making a crazy-ass pass, and he's, he, he's making something out of nothing. And that's something that he was really lauded for early in his career, so, similar to, to Russell Wilson. And then it just became... I'm going to stand in the pocket for eight seconds and watch the defensive tackles collapse on top of me, and I'm going to throw it to a linebacker that's staring right at me. It's happened a lot. Um, and there's also this. I, I don't mean to always – I'm sure it's annoying to a tiny percentage of the audience. I don't mean to always bring it back to uh, the Titans. But here's what I will say. Mm-hmm. The reason why Mike Vrabel won Coach of the Year last year was what, Tor? He was able to win football games without Derrick Henry, right? right? All of the injuries aside, everything that took place with that team – you took 2,000 guaranteed yards off the table, and I don't know how many touchdowns you want to say he was going to have last year with the way he started off that season. 16, 17? Easily. So if you're going to credit Mike Vrabel and the Titans for that, then what do you do when Jonathan Taylor had over 1,800 yards and accounted for 20 touchdowns for the Colts and you missed the playoffs? Like, whatever the opposite of the argument to be made for the job that Vrabel did, will you have that... The other side of that argument is the Colts because they had that force there and they were able to produce nothing. And I know it's a team sport, but when you are running the football that way, I would say to you, Tor, other than a, um, an Aaron Donald, five, Reggie White getting five sacks in a game, uh-huh. like if there is a pass rusher that is affecting every single play and you're making the quarterback uncomfortable every single play, probably the most valuable thing in football, in my opinion. But running the football... Being able to control time and tempo clock, not only you're also you're wearing down the fucking defense, you're dictating your will. By the way, there's some psychological shit that's happening when you're oh, sh- yeah. smashing the ball down somebody's fucking throat. Oh. oh, by the way, they're scoring touchdowns while they're doing it. Uh, that's probably top three most valuable things you can do in this particular sport. When we were running the ball effectively, it made everybody on the offense closer because sure. it's a little more – it's even more team-oriented where – Everybody on the line has to do their job. You need the wide receivers to make their blocks. And if you get a first down, everybody's high-fiving each other. Pass plays, one person's getting thrown the ball, maybe, if it's not an incomplete pass. It's different. Everyone still has to do their jobs, but it's it's different. There's a little right. more one-on-one battles. If you're playing tackle, you got to win your ra- – everyone's got to do their job still. But a fucking rushing attack, working in unison, gets everybody involved, everybody juiced up. And the defense takes fucking note of that, saying – they're all together. I was about to say the flip side of that particular coin is not only do they notice that, but they're they're getting beat up. Yeah, I, there, there's few things you gotta. 
you guys got to remember, most of us, when we're running on a treadmill, you beep it up to fucking like 0.5 higher. You take that incline up like one notch. Like, oh, Jesus, this is a big difference. You're not getting beat up. Right. You're not getting your ribs smashed. You're not getting your head butted. I mean, you're, you're not only are you tired, but you're hurt. And that's why, you know, fighters, I have so much respect for them because as they are getting exhausted, they're getting punched and they're getting kicked and they're getting slammed onto the ground. And that's football. So. If you're playing basketball, it doesn't matter how tired you're getting. You're not really getting beat up. I understand if you're down on the block, there's some jostling around. You can't compare the two. And that's that's why the running the football thing is such a big deal. You're not going to have that here. You're not going to have that here no. with J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson and whatever Jagaloon you're going to fucking have there as your third running back. Um, you know, and I guess you need your fucking tight end, you Logan Thomas, to be able to make it through 17 games because he's the only person that Wentz is going to throw to. I don't know. Now, can you make the argument this is the best quarterback that Terry McLaurin has had since he has been a Washington football Redskin face commando? Okay, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, look at the division. Is Carson Wentz the second best quarterback in the division? Uh, shit. Pro probably. I think I probably would put him there. I really would. I don't believe a lot in, in Jalen Hurts. He has his moments, but I don't I don't think he's a guy that's going to lead you to an NFC Championship game. He's slightly improved every year. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And maybe he improves this year. Yeah. And he's, he causes matchup difficulties, and I think the Eagles, by and large, are a better franchise in Washington and New York, so I think that there's that as well. Um, here, here's what I can tell you. This is way too much money to have tied up in this guy. And what I said immediately, Tor, is anything else would have been better. Maybe you think I can't wait for Jimmy Garoppolo. We've got to get it now because we got to get our offseason installed. We got to get him. Okay, I understand that argument. Um, I would rather have you kick the tires. I'd rather have you fail on like an AJ McCarron. Remember when AJ McCarron was like the fucking bell of the ball where everyone just knew that the second he got a chance that he was going to be a great quarterback. So people are like, it doesn't matter if he's a backup. We got to bring in AJ McCarron. And he fizzled out and it never happened. Yeah. I'd rather you do that. With Trubisky or with – I'd much rather you kick the tires on a Jameis Winston type than do this. I, I don't know what they saw in Carson Wentz that made them think – Tor, if he was in the last year of his deal, okay. You know? Right. Let's at least talk about it. Let's call. I, I don't know that I would do it still. I would still wonder, why is Frank Reich, after one year and a pretty impressive stat line, and being one game from the postseason, why is he giving up on this guy? It, 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 why are two? Why have two organizations made this guy their franchise quarterback and then gotten away from him as quickly as possible um, for less than sure things? Yeah, Jalen Hurts wasn't a fucking sure thing. Not one bit. The Colts have nothing. Like I remember you yesterday. You said, "By the way, hey, football." I've, haven't I been punished enough? Why does the shit keep happening uh, ten minutes after we finish up with the show? Is, is the universal start time, by the way, 2.10 now for huge sports stories? The time I used to get on the air, and now it's the time that I wrap up here? It's a big bummer. It's literally, okay, show's ended up and good. Got that done. It could be. Oh, the, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's you and I talking about Russell Wilson when this shit happens five minutes later. Uh, I don't know what that is. Perhaps it's the Lord speaking to me. I have no idea. It might be. Um, we have Iraq coming on today to talk about Batman, but I wanted to, uh, I wanted to start the show with all of that and just... The, the Colts, you said yesterday, they're going to announce Kirk, a Kirk Cousins trade today. They have to, right? Something. Well, because that makes sense. If you're going to boot your starting quarterback out the door and you've got a playoff caliber roster, the best running back in the league, and then what? Now, nothing? You have nothing. Garoppolo, 
Watson, something's coming down the barrel for Indy today, and it's going to happen okay. at 2.35. But I am shocked <laughs> that it went Wentz, and now where's the next deal? Right. Like, I would have thought it would have been, okay, this is gone, and now this is coming in. Because we wouldn't have moved this guy off unless we were 100% sure that this asshole is coming in. And by the way, here's here's a word you never want to say, in my opinion. Kirk Cousins is an upgrade over Carson Wentz. He'll make some dumb, dumb plays, too. Oh, he will. Sometimes less of them. I think he's an upgrade. I think he will move the offense better. Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't know if he's an upgrade. I think they win more games. And go back to the point we were making yesterday about Garoppolo. Everybody knows Carson Wentz is a bitcher and a moaner and not a great teammate. Yeah. And not, not, not an ideal leader of men. Garoppolo spent this whole fucking season knowing his team didn't want him. Did not want him and would have gotten rid of him if they could. Total pro all year. Total pro his entire career. Think about what a dick Aaron Rodgers has been about the Jordan Love situation. And I get it. He's got a right to be mad. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, that's different than if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh But they both have pride. Hey, bro, I was in a Super Bowl two years ago. What the fuck just happened? You did what? He's he's well within his rights to be upset. Didn't hear a word out of him. All you heard about him was him sucking off Trey Lance the whole year. All he does is march the team down the field with two minutes left and gets them in scoring position. Who would you rather have be the quarterback of the Falcons, Jimmy Garoppolo or Carson Wentz? Garoppolo. It's not even close. By the way, what if what if that's the move they're pulling off in Indianapolis? <laughs> you want to talk about getting out of cap hell and then getting right back into it. Uh, <laughs> and then you saw fucking um, uh, Landon Collins told him, told him to just pound sand. He's like, you already told, asked me. And I, by the way, I, I agree with him. I'll take one pay cut, sure. Yeah. You're asking me to take a second pay cut? You brought this ginger motherfucker in here? Pound it up your pound hole. Fuck I'll go yourself. play for somebody. Go fuck your mother. I had a decent year last year. I'll get another deal. All we heard was about his improvements last year. I was playing better. Better tackler, better everything. Oh, well. <laughs> God damn, that's funny. Oh, um, I, so I'm sorry for all you Redskins fans, man. That stinks. That That is what I, that I feel very safe in saying that is more of the same. And by the way, remember all the bitching I was doing about Ryan Tannehill? Uh-huh. I'm still not in love with the situation. I feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I feel a little bit better. Oh, God. I think Ryan Tannehill is smart enough to just be like, let's just let all these other guys do what they do. I'm actually feeling a little bit better about my Ryan this year. I don't know how you can. If you're looking at what, if you're looking at trading for the Carson Wentz, that contract, holy shit. I'm not kidding toward any other option. Mariota, Winston, fucking go down the list. Trubisky. Everyone's shitting on the Trubisky thing, making jokes. Yeah. Go look at Trubisky's line when he was in Chicago. It's not egregious. Everyone just knew he, he couldn't do anything. He couldn't win. Right. Oh, that's so much fun. It's going to be a fun season. It's going to be tremendous. Hey, everyone. If you haven't become a Facebook supporter of the Chad Duke Show or want more information, head to Chad Duke Show on Facebook and click the Supporter Hub tab. It's $5 a month. You'll get access to all the video content from our bonus shows and Friday night hoot nannies. All right, Tor, I believe, if I am not mistaken, uh, that it is time to reach out and touch the people with bathing suit covers. Oh, yeah. This is Ask Shude. Send us your questions, comments, or queries to mailbag at chaddukeshow.com, and we'll get to them on the show. Oh, I don't see any. All right, so. Email day. No voicemails? Uh, not enough. Not ones that you would say worthy? Uh, we like the voicemails is what I'll say. Okay. <laughs> Feel free to send them in. All right, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> phone number is 385-645-5375 if you'd like to lead a voice, leave a voicemail. We can do a couple emails. No big deal. All right. Um, 
Dukes and Tor. First of all, thank you for shipping the Feel the Power CDs and not free FM candles. Please pass my thank you on to Princess Dukes. You said did all the shipping. I appreciate it. Second, thank you for the amazing content you and Tor put out. You continue to put out thick week after thick week. Lastly, uh, for some reason, I clicked on my iTunes today. Hadn't been there in so long, I had to reset my password. I started playing music, and a song came up that made me miss your Yacht Rock days. The song was Snowbird by Annie Murray. Uh, Anne Murray. Uh, Anne Murray, Jesus. Not sure if that meets your definition of Yacht Rock, but that's what it made me think of. Anyway, do you think there could be a segment of Does This Rock with Just Yacht Rock? Maybe call it Does This Yacht also, any update on Tor going to that uh, Gordon Lightfoot concert someday? Thanks again to you and Tor for all the laughs and making my world a little more bearable. Well, that's nice. Brian, founding member, Chantilly. Um, I never did get to the bottom of why you were so opposed to going to the Gordon Lightfoot concert. Why was that so odious to you? Because it was on February 4th. In well, Pennsylvania. What does that have to do with anything? We had an event on February 5th. Oh, stop <laughs> it. So if Gordon Lightfoot was playing the state theater, it would be fine if I took you to see Gordon Lightfoot, just me and you? No, nah, probably not. Is it? So what is it? Why Why are you opposed to that? Because you like some of the Gordon Lightfoot that we played. There was Gordon Lightfoot played last night when I was playing poker. Really? Yeah. At the Brodog House? Yep. At the House of Happiness? That's right. By the way, if you guys ever drop the illest mixtape on the streets, the name of your group has to be House of Happiness. I also get robbed so quickly. I'm going to suck off Dopey's dick like it owes me fucking money. Um, I think that um, I think I could get you to go to see Gordon Lightfoot under the right circumstances and the right group of people. I realize you don't like it to just be me and you. You feel uncomfortable. Well, the initial when, when it was getting hashed out and you were looking at the Gordon Lightfoot guitars and you, you would stumble into the concert. I was buying you a Gordon Lightfoot. I actually put a bid in on it. I got out bid. And then you said, okay, Tor, we're going to the Gordon Lightfoot concert. <laughs> and then it just kept on growing hair. Right. And it seemed like... This was down at the beach for Thanksgiving, I think. There might have been some selective hearing on Shoot's part because when I said, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to go to a Gordon Lightfoot concert. Right. You said... Why not? We'll share a room, share a bed. We're going to all go. The best way to get you to do something I've figured out is I just steamroll you. I think that's what <laughs> Papa Tor does. I think that's what the offensive line coach did. So I think I can get you to do stuff by just continuing to push forward. Getting fucking. I was. It was like I was mute. Yes, you were mute I at could, that moment. I couldn't. I, and your point was moot because we were just, going to see Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> Look, if he comes around again, he ain't going to be around for that long. We got to take it back. Uh, the, can I ask what song you played last night in the House of Happiness? Uh, Edmund Fitzgerald. The wreck up. Wow, that's not a party song. No, it's not. The, the what did the Bro Dogs think? They played it. They did. Yeah, they stumbled across some playlist. I don't know what playlist it is, but I'm like, who's playing Gordon Lightfoot right now? And they're like, oh, you know who this is, P? <laughs> oh, snap words, bitch. This fucker, this old dude is ill. Is that what they said? This is like Mars. <laughs> Damn, that's a good picture. Uh. <laughs> I think, what if we did a show event where we all are like, fuck it, we're going to go get fucked up with the Gordon Lightfoot song and sing Sundown. I can see you laid back <laughs> in a satin dress. Come on. I think I think you'd be okay with that. If you could read my mind. Well, in this instance right now, you're asking me, you know, questions and doing it, not just saying, okay, I got us a hotel room. <laughs> And I'm gonna rent a Yukon. Oh, you did like I was. I was gonna rent a nice Yukon so you could stretch out. Why don't I stretch out? Because I know you get uncomfortable in the Rav Four. You usually drive around it. <laughs> just, 
I'm like, okay, you're making plans. Oh, I'm making plans to go out at night. And I'm saying, you're making plans. I'm going to let you down. Do me a <laughs> favor. Um, you sound like fucking that. Uh, what is that song? I will let. Oh, it's a hurt. It's fucking Nine Inch Nails. Oh. Hurt. <laughs> you can have it all. Gordon Lightfoot. Um, do me a favor. Yes. Put in Google uh, Gordon Lightfoot tour right now. Just to see if he's swinging on by. They're easing COVID restrictions, you know. Be easier getting older guy to come out now. So let's see here. Yes. Oh my fucking god! I think. Let's hear it. Oh, I'm so steamed about what you're about to say. Let's hear it. Okay. This is that show event written all over it. He'll be in Richmond. What? On the 10th of May. Get the fuck out of here. Why is it always around one of our events? Two shows near you. April 13th at the Birchmere in Alexandria, Virginia. Oh my God, that's right down the fucking road. And then July 20th, he'll be in Frederick, Maryland. Well, we can hit any of those. Where's he going to be in Frederick? Uh, He will be at the Weinberg Center for the Arts. Oh, I don't like that. That's the People's Republic of Maryland. They might still have all the shit up. I ain't going to sit there with a mask like a jerk. I gotta be able to drink my Schlitz malt liquor when I watch Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> All right, we gotta go to one of those. Let's uh, let's pick one. We'll check the circumstances. We'll let, we'll let the friendos know, and then we can all head out to see Gordon Lightfoot. Come down, you better take careful. I find you've been reaping round my backstab. Dude, you're gonna fucking we're gonna wild out. We this rush is what you. you were saying the whole time, dude. Dude. You're going to have a beer. You're going to be losing your mind. I'm like, shoot. We're going to rush the stage. <laughs> be front row. No one's going to be near us. I'm like, what? We're going to be in the front <laughs> row. I got to get us front row seats. All right, we need some intel from our Maryland listeners. That fucking place is going to let us go in there and drink Schlitz. Because Birchmere, it's a nice venue, but it's kind of uptight. It's kind of an uptight venue. So. Okay. <laughs> I might prefer to drive on down to the uh, Commonwealth's capital. We'll figure that out. Duke Satoro is excited to hear the UFO show mentioned recently. That another episode might be in the works. I recently saw a video of Elon Musk at a conference, and he fielded a question about underwater exploration. This intrigues me just as much as space exploration. I feel there are still unknowns on this planet in the oceans and the waters. I was wondering about your takes on pushing limits of deep-sea exploration with today's technology to see what lies beneath the surface. That's our guy Doug Cook in Manassas, Gigantor. Well, I think they're kind of one and the same, Doug Cook, because a lot of these, uh, I think they're called transmedium craft, I think is what they're called. A lot of these um, UPIs that we are tracking now, um, they go into the water. I mean, they just, they go, they explode right from the sky down into the water. They have, they're not stopped whatsoever. That's the, the gravity drive people think they're using. Um, and then when you go back and you hear the uh, the accounts of the Nimitz and when they, uh, David Fravor and all those pilots, they were talking about how the Tic Tacs were rendezvousing with um, a giant craft under the water. So I think one is like the other. And then secondly, you know, people always make fun of me when I talk about the Sasquatch. But the reason why I always say, hey, I, I can't say there's not a Sasquatch is every two weeks or so, we yank some fucking monster out of the ocean. You know, we didn't think the giant squid existed until a few years back until one popped up on a goddamn video. Right. You see a 20 foot long oarfish. It's 600 years old. You're sitting there thinking, oh, what the fuck are we doing? Oh, dude, speaking of that, um, it's so funny that he brought that up. I pulled this story. I didn't even think we'd talk about it. So they just found uh, a boat 
that sunk in Antarctica 107 years ago, the uh, the Endurance. Uh, it was a ship that a um, very famous explorer named Ernest Shackleton was um, was using. This is like, they've done a bunch of movies there. I think there was a show called The Terror. They've done a bunch of shows kind of based on it. They, they fucking got, this boat got iced in. Everybody bailed out, right? And they just started walking across Antarctica. And eventually they got to like uh, this island called Elephant Island and they took a rowboat to like a whaling station. Everyone lived. It's this unbelievable survival story. Anyway, this dude's boat sank yeah. in Antarctica and they fucking found it. And it is, it looks like it was sailing yesterday. Like it's unbelievable. It's like a 107 year old fucking craft. It's like been preserved? Yeah. Yeah. It's just oh. a, it's a crazy story. Um, and it's very, very interesting. But it goes to what this dude's talking about. They knew where to look. They were looking for this fucking thing. But yeah, I'm all for that. Absolutely. And I think it goes hand in hand with whoever we think is visiting us because it's either multidimensional creatures, it's either us time traveling or it's aliens or it's, you know, shadow government that has access to this shit that fucking we don't. Whatever it is, they're using the water also. So kind of goes hand in hand. It's something, something or somebody that's smart enough to stay out of the way and not be you know fully tracked like the, you know we got the video we got all that and going down this rabbit hole it's 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 if i start thinking about it it's you get freaked out but you get freaked out if i walk up the stairs into the studio well you did scare me the other day i forgot what i was doing oh that's right i was arriving at the same time <laughs> that i did every year but every if day if i'm walking down the street i'm thinking there's something rolling around in this ocean right now that's not permitted I'm gonna, start, I'm gonna start working myself up. That's the uh, the bow. Where oh, actually you can still read the sign of it. Yeah, there's a couple. Let me show you a couple more. Like it's unbelievable, dude. Like how well preserved it is. I don't know if it's the coldness or you know I don't know how the salt water has an eked away at it more than it has. That's nuts. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I would love to do that. Nothing would make me happier. By the way, we'd probably find I don't know cure for cancer down there. <laughs> cure for Alzheimer's. I mean, we don't fucking right. That's the first thing we should be doing is exploring the ocean. Then we can learn more about how much we're fucking it up also with all the plastic and the bullshit. Uh, Tor and Shoot, I had an interesting thought after listening to the Revelation CD. For as long as I can remember, I've heard Chad say he hates the color Heather Gray for t-shirts. And now I think it's because of what happened to his Heather Gray shorts when he was a kid. Is this a plausible story? Evan from Fairfax. Um, Don't want to spoil anything. Oh, I did get an email tour. The uh, the new Revelation CDs. Well, not the new. The reissue Revelation CDs. Yeah. They are arriving today. Friday. Oh, that's a big deal. That's right. So there's a very good chance I have those Saturday at Commonwealth Try Goods. If you're one of the dozens of people that reached out and said you didn't get a chance to buy one in the first place. I could see why, hearing my revelation, I don't want to spoil it, but mine was, um, I think the consensus afterwards voted the most embarrassing revelation. Uh, Jester, of course, won because everyone hates me. Um, I think that if you're a fat guy, Evan's clearly not a fat guy. Mm -hmm. Because if you are, you know why Heather Gray t-shirts are the absolute worst. The second you have a modicum of perspiration, it pops up. So if you're a fat guy, you eventually have a clown's face on the front of your stomach because you have the tit sweat, the belly fold sweat, the, bully, the belly button sweat, and then, of course, the uh, pit stains. And God forbid you're even looking at the back there because it'll all oh. just, just that whole strip. It's got that big triangle going from the neck all the way down. <laughs> I'm not saying for working out there fine because you're going to be sweating anyway. Right. But if you're a fat guy like walking around in the summer and you try to pull off a Heather Gray shirt. You're a brave man. When's the last time you even tried? 
I have one Heather Gray shirt that I will wear <laughs> at the gym. Other than that, it is... It's on under a sweatshirt or yeah, something I like mean, that. At the gym, I don't even mind it because you can, like, wow, I'm killing it. Like, <laughs> every once in a while, I wear a black T-shirt at the gym. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm working hard. <laughs> right. You know, it kind of stinks. Uh, I've been a, uh, boys, I've been a fan of yours since receiving good Charlotte swag from you at the Crofton Kmart many good years, many years ago. Woo. Shoplifting. That is, uh, that's a long time ago. Your current format is some of the best work you have done. I'm thoroughly enjoying the show. Thank you. I'd love to hear your analysis on the ridiculous story Gigantor told March 1st. He started off by assaulting Caps fans as hostile and gatekeepy. Does he really think Caps fans are hostile and angry after winning a Stanley Cup? Or did he miss the gatekeepy giant public crowds outside of Capital One during the Cup run? Or was he foreshadowing later in the episode by parroting talking points he previously heard from you and others? Does Tor actually have opinions? He then launched into a humble brag about attending Game 7 versus the Penguins, which you rightfully called him out for cherry-picking. He complained about the sour grapes couple he was sitting next to. Tor conceded he may have been putting off a Rube vibe. But my question to you is, shoot, is any part of this story Tor concocted true? Signed, a sensitive Caps fan. Tor response, blah, 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 Look Straight University. This guy's pissed at you. He's at Look Straight University, so wow. you can nail that. Uh, yeah, I was in the big crowds uh, for the Stanley Cup win. I was happy. I was with my friends. It was a good time. How many Caps fans are happy right now? You had your Stanley Cup. Are you are you still cheering in the streets? Is that what it is? I'm not seeing any Capitals gear anywhere on anybody aside from Loud Goat once a week. You're miserable. You're a miserable group of people. You liked it when it was your own little thing, which I can sympathize with. I can sympathize. This is my own little thing, and then it got bigger, and you got upset about more people coming in. It's their own little thing again. <laughs> You're mean people. And if you don't know, but you don't like casual fans and you want the NHL and hockey to grow. But if you don't like casual fans, you don't really want to embrace them because they don't understand what icing is. Then you're going to you're going to run into some issues there. And people think will think that you're mean and gatekeepy, which you are. I don't know if that what keeps people away, but um, I can say this now. I couldn't say when they were on the station, the, the parade, the, there weren't that many people there. I mean, if you look at the shots, the overhead shots of um the Capitals parade as opposed to the Chicago Blackhawks parade. Oh, yeah. Um, it's night and day. I mean, there was a lot of people if you were standing on the side of the road looking around. But, um, and it that was, was a fun team. They were drinking sure. beer through their shirts. They were all swearing. They were awesome. They were drunk for weeks. Swimming in the fountain. Does anybody remember that? Everybody loves the swimming in the fountain story. There's the Nationals game. That was actually a fun time. That was when the Nationals and the uh, Capitals were kind of having some synergy with each other. Um I don't know if all Caps fans are dickheads and gatekeepy. I have seen it. They are all sensitive. They're yeah. all, except for Goat. Goat doesn't seem to be all that sensitive about it. But um, He's a rather pragmatic person, though. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. agree. But they do feel like, to me, they're happy if they don't get enough attention. They're, they're unhappy if they're not getting enough attention, and they're unhappy if they are getting a bunch of attention. And that's from someone that was forced to talk about them, you know, for different periods of time over 10, 12 years. I'm sorry if I upset you and your team, um, but I'm not really that sorry about it because diehard Caps fans have kind of been rather rude to me over the over the years. But but you are it, it does sound like maybe you're basing a lot of it off of a, just a couple of experiences. Yeah, but the, it, that's true. That's where most of it's coming from. But the same, just people that I've I've talked to in passing about the Caps. If you if you don't know who's on the third line, they're kind of going to look at you with a little disdain. Okay, that's very that's very. And that is the opposite of what you want to do if you want to grow the sport. Right. That's what I would say. When I 
when I am playing Mortal Kombat 11 with uh, all the fellas in the room, while I may be busting their fucking ass because I can't let you win, I'm not talking a bunch of shit. I'm trying to teach them, hey, do this. Hey, this is what I do. Hey, this is kind of what you're supposed to do because I want them to enjoy themselves and I want them more people to play with us. Right. Uh, you know, there's Caps fans in my general realm of knowledge and uh, where we could just go to a Caps game and have a good time and okay. watch the fights. It's fun. I, I don't I like See, the that's Caps. a rude like, thing I, what you just said, watch the fights. You always say something rubish whenever you're talking about going to a hockey game. Well, I'm a rube when it comes to hockey. I'm a playoff fan. I'll admit it. I, I, I haven't watched any of the regular season. Yeah, but going to a, a hockey game to watch fights is like going to a boxing match to watch them spit in a bucket. Like, it happens, but it's not why you're supposed to be there. Right. It's just the first rube thing that popped in my mind. It is a rube thing. <laughs> hey, that's a new nickname for you, rube thing. Uh, Mr. Dukes, here is a new cover song inspired by your small basement toilet. Ah, the Matthew Burke Memorial Urinal. And Tor's method for mounting it. You, you mounted my toilet? In the studio, I believe. Oh, you mean the one here in the studio? I believe that's what he's referring to. Oh, so this is a spread em song. That's this is right. a song about spreading them? Yeah. Oh, and it's our buddy Dan Dan the Drywall Man. Dan Dan, thank you so much for continuing to send in musical entries to the show when everyone else has decided they're too good. Uh, I'm excited for this. Let's. Uh, is it about you shitting? That's the genesis of it. If it's about you shitting, I'm going to be a fan. All right. All right, let it rip. Well, Tom Petty. He's a good boy, hates his daddy, <laughs> loves gummy, and don't be too... That's 100% true of all these. He's a good boy... I don't disagree with that. ...who can't play the music, true. loves static. Yes. He'll apologize to you. I will. At force. <laughs> back to a corner. Sits down on the tiny toilet like a cruise ship on a ping pong ball. Oh my god! He's got to tuck and lean forward just so he can fit at all. Cause he's pre. Oh no, pre spreading? He's pre spreading. <laughs> Yeah, he's pre. This is a fucking banger. <laughs> he's pre-spreading. <laughs> Certified club banger. Like Dukes, and everyone knows <laughs> it. He's just waiting for him to dunk off. Oh my God! He wears sweatpants to his funeral. <laughs> He'll leave a fresh one. Right on the box. Oh, God. He's free. Shit on the box? <laughs> but this for me. He's not for me. This for me. This rocks. Yeah, he's free. Holy shit, this rocks. He's pre-spreading. This for me. This for me. This for me. Man, this rocks hard. I mean, I felt like it went a little over the line at the end when it said, 
<laughs> that you would attend my funeral because we all know that wouldn't happen. But if you did, then you would actually shit on the fucking coffin. And that I wouldn't be willing to wear a suit to a, a funeral. Sweatpants. Maybe you might find some sort of sweatpants suit, I think. Don't you think that'd be possible? I could wear a suit to a funeral. Wow. Can you fit into a suit still? <laughs> yeah, I think so. You sure? I wore one on New Year's if it okay. Did you? Yeah. I'll have to take your word for that. I didn't see the bottom half of you. <laughs> You could have just been wearing it in the boxers and the top of the suit. A little Steve Martin bit. Um, wow, that was uh, that was tremendous. Got to go ahead and say thank you so much to uh, Dan Dan the Drywall Man. He doesn't miss. He really doesn't. Uh, still nothing from OK Terrific, huh? Nope. At least he gave us the, the proof of life, though. Sure. Well, he's busy running the Impossible Mission Task Force, I would have to assume. Wow, that is absolutely <laughs> spectacular. Thank you to... Uh, Thank you to my guy. Wow. Man. Give me a lot to think about, though, to be honest with you. I, I'll i make it clear. I'm not waiting for Dukes to, to die. I, I'll just. <laughs> you said it out resumes already? I'll just, I'll just. I'd like to make that as a statement. Okay. Well, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Well, I need you to live. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> I can't, I, don't, I can't tell you for certain I'm going to uh, be able to accommodate. Um, that was very cool. Ahoy, Coconut Commandos. Pleasure Island's own Gigantor here to let you know that Ponytails and Cocktails have a brand new album out called Traditional Maritime Music. Their third album features the smash hit All Request Saturday Night and their brand new single Ballad of a Bullshitter. Pick up a hard copy today on CommonwealthDryGoods.com or stop by Commonwealth Dry Goods in Fairfax. Ponytails and Cocktails are also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Bandcamp at Ponytails Music. I have been harassing tour for how many weeks, would you say? At least two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Probably, maybe a little bit more. Uh, to check out one of my favorite movies of all time. I think I feel... Um, I think I feel comfortable saying this is a horror comedy. You think that's a fair characterization of it? The comedy is the only thing that kept me there. What was wrong with the horror part? I didn't... At, at times, I was... I was upset. Okay, all with, right. I could tell that I was getting upset with the Do movie. creatures upset you? I feel like slashers aren't necessarily a problem for you, but it does feel like whenever there's monsters involved, uh, you're not a big fan. It was rather the, the really sinister last 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. With all the, the blood on the walls, and then the, the we've got to feed the underworld gods. I'm like... Did you, well, that was a big spoiler. Did you like the uh, <laughs> Did you like the cameo at the end? Um, Who came popping out at the very end, the lady? The nice lady? Nice oh, lady! I didn't even... Uh, Sigourney Weaver. Oh. You don't remember her at I the end of the movie? didn't even put it together. The one that you were lusting after down at the beach. Oh, I do love me some Sigourney. <laughs> She's held it together. Uh, 2011, this movie uh, came out. I believe it was Drew Goddard, by the way, who I'm a, a fan of. A very young Chris Hemsworth in this movie. Um, and it's very well received. Rotten Tomatoes, I think, has it at 92% for the critics. 74% from the audience. I don't know what the fuck they were looking for. I generally side with the audience, but not in this case. And there's a guy named Fran Kranz in this movie. It's kind of the stoner dude that survives to the very end that I think is fucking hilarious in this movie. Marty rules. He's great. Um, but I think the whole cast is great. Like I just think it's really well put together. Uh, Richard Jenkins is the two jamokes that are actually dealing with the fucking... You know, trying yeah. to kill everybody and uh, whatever the rules are they have to use. Those two guys should have won Best Supporting Actor, I think. I fucking love those guys. I'm really rooting for, you know, it's something about the human spirit. Tequila! <laughs> I'm, the, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? You don't expect <laughs> You're it. You're dealing with 
the movie comes swinging in a lot of different directions. Uh, did you have, uh, as Danny Ruge would say, any file on this? No file uh, whatsoever. Um, I, 2011 horror movie, I would not have pegged this as a, a shooed favorite. If, really? If, if, if this was going to be on paper... I wouldn't have pegged this as, oh, shoot, is going to be completely in love with this movie. Pretty big hit, too, I think. I, I think it made uh, like $70 million in the box office. It was uh, it did way better than people thought. I mean, it was very- What about this makes you think that I wouldn't uh, like it? Recency. I know you like uh, classic movies a lot. Okay. Um, classic horror movies. I do. Uh, so when it, when it comes to- a 2011 uh, horror movie. It, it was so kind the of time frame. Is this what you're talking about? Yeah, but maybe I'm cutting you. I'm, I'm not giving you enough slack because you like you like a lot of new, new movies. Also, okay. I'd say uh, it was just um, I don't know. It seemed silly at times, which I don't know if you prefer your, your horror movies silly. Well, it did seem silly, <laughs> but it also seemed may I uh, silly no. at times. Um, I I thought there's a lot of horror comedy out there that they. They don't really, they go too far in one. My biggest problem with Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. is that I feel like it's a comedy with zombies until the end, and then it gets really, really heavy. And when it gets really heavy, it feels completely out of place to me. And I think a lot of other people love that movie, so it's like uh, they don't understand what I'm saying. This movie is, and I wouldn't even say comedy is the right, it, it's... It, it's very amusing to go along with all of the, the really great creature feature shit that's going on at the same time. And I love the premise. It's I say this about Hancock all the time. I don't know if Hancock is a perfect superhero movie. But it's very different than any superhero movie I'd seen before. And we're so oversaturated with them that I like it for that reason. I feel the same way about this movie. Um, it was uh, really creative i've never seen a, a bear trap used as a weapon before. oh sure that was throwing it into a motherfucker's fucking, back when they got into the well, i really started getting scared as i was alone in my parents house mm. uh, that night and my, my my dog wasn't sitting with me um, oh lord so it was just me and my me what, alone what were you doing back in the parents house getting amoxicillin I, I tried to get a night ahead of it instead of just going home and not getting going to my regular house and not getting any medicine do they just have medicine at the house yeah Oh, so you weren't prescribed the antibiotics? I, I was the next day. I took the virtual meeting. I got the antibiotic, and then the same thing. What was it doing at your parents' house? Just leftover. Okay, so were you like kind of quarantining? I, I was just no. I was just taking. I was just wanted to get ahead of it. Uh, one night ahead of it. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm not following, but we can. We'll leave it. it. It's just the medicine drawer. You know. They had it, but then you spent the night there. Yeah. Okay. It was late. Well, not really late. Why'd you go over there so late? Well, I got off work, and I did the virtual appointment, and I did all that stuff. And Is I, the parents' house closer to work than the bro-dog house? No, farther. I went to the bro-dog house, and then I got the... It, it, it was a whole mess. So you it, went to the bro-dog house, then you went to the parents' house, and you slept there? No, no, I never went into the house. I was sitting in my car debating what I should do, and then I said, all right, I'll get ahead of this thing. You overthink things. I, I would say so, but I think it was still the right decision. Okay. Well, I, I there's a piece of it I think I'm missing, but you're here now and you seem fine. Yeah. So we'll just look at it that way. So you, what you decide to watch, you don't invite like Dado or one of your sisters down or no, it's an empty house. They're all out of the house. They're all out of. So you were in that big house alone. Yeah. Well, no wonder you were terrified. Well, they, yeah. And you're in it, the middle of the fucking woods. I mean, <laughs> there's snakes everywhere. When they went into the into the black room. Where, where where the kids were getting tortured? Yeah, I'm sitting here in the basement, and I'm in the black room. What kids were getting tortured? The uh, the, uh, the the redneck zombie kids. Oh oh yeah, yeah. oh oh. 
Okay. So maybe I was bringing a little bit into my life. The redneck zombie kids are getting tortured. What are you talking about? From the diary in the in the in the yeah, house. in the basement. Yeah, in the basement. That's where their dad would go down and and beat the shit out of them. Oh, but that that was just like a little fucking flashback, though. Yeah. Okay. It was still scary. It was you know, they built that they, for for the operation that they were trying to pull off. That's a good operation. That's a great cabin to build. They got five different outcomes of what you could, what what monster is going to. Which rise monster up. did you want? I was I was kind of hoping they would pull. By the way, not zombies. We found that out. The satanic rednecks were not zombies. Remember? Oh, what were they? Oh, they explained that at the end. Zombies oh. are completely different when they were taking all the bets, and they weren't mermen either. You, oh. don't, you, don't, introduce, you don't get introduced to the mermen until later. I, I'm glad I didn't see the mermen because the mermen was not what I was expecting. It, it, was, it was, very, was not Jason Momoa walking up. I feel like I could get a, I could get a, away from the merman. Is what <laughs> I feel like I could do. It seemed very slow, and he was out of water. Um, you said that it was uh, not disturbing. What was the word you used? H- horrifying. Uh, yeah. Um, it was. I was having fun at times, and then I was having no fun at all. At what times. was the most anxiety-ridden part for you? It would be the last thirty minutes. Um, the dock fight was rather okay. uh, 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 jarring. Well, you think she's going to eat it right there. Yeah. Um, and then, additionally, it was the uh, when the, all the creatures came out it, through the elevators, <laughs> yeah. and it was just massacre. I'm like, this is... It's batshit. It's not for me. <laughs> that this part can't is, be for me. That part is batshit. <laughs> that giant snake is killing everybody. All, everything is just like fucking ghosts oh, and everything. I found it. I'm appalled. I was appalled. I was appalled at that moment, because it's just... It, the, the shining blood elevators, I get it. That's different. This is a thousand people dead. What about the little Asian girls that were uh, dealing with that fucking demon thing? I love that. They that con- part they, was great. They conquered it. I love, cheering, it. They, they I love it when they front. start beating all the creatures and they're like they're losing and everyone's freaking out. <laughs> How about when fucking Chris Hemsworth thinks he's going to take the motorcycle out of there? Oh, God. <laughs> Ooh, that man. was a bad beat. Blow the tunnel, man. That's that movie keeps you fucking guessing. So, uh, did you enjoy it? I guess I started warming up to it the next day, thinking right. about the some of the more fun moments and then some of the actual heroes in the movie. Uh, that was that was fun. I I'm just not a huge horror film guy, right. but this was this this was different than than you read like the t- Texas Chainsaw Massacre when it was up on up in here. I've referenced that a couple times. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted zero parts of this, but in this well, one, that's a very disturbing movie. Yeah, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This it kept my attention, um, and I just at one point I'm just like, okay, it's got to end at some point. Let's get to a closure point. Um, oh, it ended, and then we can figure it out. Did you like the end of the movie? No, I would have taken that fool out. Okay, but th- after that, after you didn't take the fool out, um, with a giant hand. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I guess that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I probably would have killed him too. <laughs> Although, I mean, let's be honest. If if you have to keep doing all of that shit every year, maybe it is time for there just to be new ownership on the on the globe. <laughs> um, I'd love it. I'd love to be. Uh, they could make a prequel to that movie so easily, just because if they've been doing that shit forever, right? Uh, it'd be so simple to do. Um, I, I just think it's uh, it's, it's 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 tremendously entertaining. It's an odd place to pick up on it with that operation also, where they've been doing it for a while. Yeah. And they, they've got it all down to a T. Oh, we got Japan here. We got Korea here. Oh, here's Brazil. They're all letting us down. You know? I do envy you that you were able to watch it the first time because knowing kind of what the, tw- I don't know if twist is the right word, but actually what's going on, like kind of trying to figure out what the fuck is happening in the first hour uh, it was a lot of fun from what I recall when I first saw it. When they were laughing at Mordecai, the um, sure. the, the gas station owner, I was pretty happy because that was just, he's trying to do his whole speech and they're 
Am I on speakerphone? <laughs> Am I still on speakerphone? Yeah, this is good. There's a lot of stuff that <laughs> keeps you off balance um, in that fucking movie. Well, good. I'm glad you saw that, and I'm glad it, it sounds like. What would you give it out of five? God damn it! I don't know. Three five. I probably it's gotta say be at least five. A three five, right? Yeah. If you're watching it with all the bro dogs. I might have enjoyed it more. Okay. Yeah, I think rewatch now that I'm, I'm, I'll be a little more prepared. Sure. I can kind of enjoy some of the more nuances and see, oh, this is going to happen. They all here. I'm a little more ready for it. Maybe that'll be more enjoyable. Also, it sounds like they're a little jumpy, too. So you being in the catbird seat where you know all the weirdness <laughs> that's about to ensue will probably be enjoyable for you as well. And that's also entertaining when you're watching a movie that you've seen and you know that other people gonna, are going to freak. Right. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. Um, on the complete opposite end of that spectrum, when did I start screaming at you about uh, history of violence and Eastern Promises? You sent me a text Sunday night. Oh, really? About it, yeah. I think I was harassing Smoky Mountain Joe about it, too, <laughs> at the same time. Yes, Cronenberg uh, movies, and uh, both starring Viggo Mortensen. Um, they, these were movies that Drab and I went hog wild about on. We actually saw them both in the theater. During Pode when we were doing Middays, I think, and uh, two just really, really good movies, kind of that explosive Cronenbergian violence that took place in them. Ed Harris is in History of Violence. He's absolutely spectacular. Uh, great fucking Joey. Um, and then Easter Promises, of course, the most famous part of it is the uh, the bathhouse scene. With oh, yeah. The naked roundhouse kick knife fight, uh, which is one of the craziest fucking hand-to-hand combat portions of a movie i've ever witnessed yeah it was a double feature for me last night i started with uh the one that came out earlier which was a history of violence yeah which was the first 20 minutes i'm sitting here like what the fuck is going on here? sure it, because you know you're here maybe a, it's a mistaken identity movie i i'm sitting here like okay all right so they're in here they're you know uh, ed harris is walking in give him we'll give him the business and he's intimidating in that movie by the way his eyes all uh, well, Joey did that to him. Yeah, no, Joey did it to him. Dude, how great is William Hurt at the end when he fucking, they think they've got Viggo Mortensen dead to rights, and uh-huh. he, then he goes, how do you fuck that up? <laughs> how do you fuck that up? I've used that line so many times in my life after watching that movie. Yeah, Richie Cusack was an asshole. He wasn't a good dude. You could die. <laughs> Although that's a fucking he that whatever that voice is he uses in that is just yeah. tremendous. You're just like, what is, is this a Philly accent? I'm like, it was just an intimidating voice. How did how did Vigo get away with killing all those people and then just driving back to his farm and having supper? I don't. <laughs> I was I wanted to see the rest of that supper. Yeah, me too. But I wanted I'm to like, see what that conversation was like. like how the fuck because. They all have to know what he just did. Like they have to know that he just stepped out. And, yeah, and but did some he business. had he had to go do that. Like, oh yeah. If he didn't kill everybody involved, they were going to come back. And he wanted to keep his uh, Tom was it Stall's diner. Tom. Stahl. Yeah, Tom Stall. I get steamed up for Tom Stall. What did you think of the uh, the staircase sex scene? That that's kind of no- a notable point of that. Uh, that was interesting. I was more I was more surprised at the early scene sixty nining. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There's a couple of really over the top sex scenes in that fucking movie. See, you're, like, you're going with the 69 here. Huh, interesting. You don't often <laughs> see the 69 in the middle of a movie, and then a sideways 69 at that. Well, and and like <laughs> parents, you know, like yeah. they're fucking into their. I would assume they're into their 40s at that point, and still getting it done. I mean, she, she's a gamer, by the way, isn't oh, she? She was fantastic. <laughs> Maria uh, Maria Bello, I believe her yeah. name is. I wonder how old she was in that movie. I it was. It worked for you. Oh, Edie Stall worked for me. Did you uh, Did you run a batch? Uh no, no, no. 
Not yet. No, not yet. I will. Yeah, I've run a batch to History of Violence several times, I think. I mean, it's been a minute. I was telling the movie a long time ago. It's a, I, I don't know. It was um, it was two different movies in one movie. Yeah. That scene where they go out into the front lawn and like they're like getting him and he fucking kills everybody. Yeah. I don't know what it is about, like, it, it wasn't the most violent movie I've ever seen. Right. But David Cronenberg is kind of a weirdo. His son did that fucking one that we watched where you were becoming an assassin, where you were oh, yeah, put yeah, into yeah. somebody else's face or whatever. He kind of did the same thing. Whenever there's just, like, it's violent, but it's, like, this explosive over-the-top violence, Tarantino does a really good job with that, too. Um, I don't know. It seems to be much more impactful than if it's just, like, you know, a run-and-gunner, like, true lies or under siege or something. I think it was impactful because the bad guys are right about our, our, oh, yeah. our good Tom Stahl. I mean, he, Tom Stahl is a dickhead. When he's saying, oh, I should have killed you in Philly, I'm like, oh. Yeah, no shit. When he finally reveals it, I'm like, oh, Tom, no. <laughs> How great is Vigo in that movie, though? God, I, I'm just like, okay. He literally is, is playing two different people. It, it perfectly he did and then when he hits the dude with whatever for whatever reason when someone gets hit with a coffee pot that's like my favorite thing in the world i don't know why that old-fashioned why don't we have that coffee machine i love that fucking coffee maker back here with the orange and with the brown all right so you saw history of violence what did you think of eastern promises because i remember you thought it was a sequel and i told you no 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 these movies are they're very different yeah eastern promises was i might have liked it more i think i do I don't know why it's way more insidious. Well, because it's a fucking awesome movie. And you're just like, wow. Because you're, you're rooting for Vigo the whole time. Right. But you don't know why, because he's not a good dude. And then you learn, oh, he is a good dude. He's that dude. And now you're like, oh, okay. Now I'm all in. The whole time, I'm, I'm kind of half in on Vigo. Half in. Because, you know, he's not doing some great things. But he's not. But I think that both characters are very similar in that they are the protagonist. They're the guy you're rooting for, but they're not good dudes. Right. You know, they're they're bad guys. He's obviously done some shit. I the only part I don't like about Eastern Promises, I don't like the fucking the sex trade stuff. Like it's always kind uh, of fucking weird for me. When he's talking about the bottle in the in the cellar for a Georgian girl, I'm like, "Oh, dude, you're a bitch. Yeah, that guy's a, I mean, uh, what is it? Kareel. Kareel yeah. is, is such a fucking creepy dude in that goddamn uh in that movie. And at the end when he's blowing up balloons for like his uh, his little brother's fucking birthday or whatever, he seems so nice and dis- like disarming. Just Yeah, because he's not drunk. The shit that's going to come raining down. That fucking knife fighting scene in the bathhouse. How do you think they shot that? I mean, what, what do you think it was like to just do that over and over and over again? Well, yeah. I mean, that's... You have to have... Because you had to do multiple takes of, of stuff like that. Oh, right? dude, took, it was it, brutal. But... It was, you know, wrestling around on the ground, fully clothed, right. you know, outside. It wasn't on tile, nude. I mean, you're, you're, it's, you got to be really comfortable with yourself to be able to do it. I don't know if they were handing him a towel between, and they're really brutal fight scenes too, you know, God. those little fucking hooked you got knives the, that they had. The fucking Chechnyans did not fucking play around. No, they're good. That was 2007, by the way, that movie came out. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's fucking, it's, it's great. I I didn't think he would just be able to take over the family the way that he did um, at the end of it, but I, I, it's a very small quibble. Right. Infinitely, I, I'm a driver. I go left, I go right. I have so many, <laughs> the, 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 it has water in it when he's trying to start the motorcycle. Um, it was great. It's a great flick, and I, uh, 
I assume most of the audience has watched both of those movies, having known me for as long as they have. But uh, it's always possible that I remember that was when I actually bought five copies of and just gave out on the air so that people would watch it. And then some crazy Donna Mike fan came down that just wanted to talk to Rob Spiewak. And I was like, oh, I don't want to give this DVD to you. You stink. And I, <laughs> I did anyway. No, it's it's it gets heavy at a lot of points. Like when, when they're in the in the house with all the girls. I'm like, the brothel. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah, we got that one girl rescued, you know? Yeah, that was that was nice. Good for her. Get her out of there. Right. That dude just sitting there watching him bang her. Like, oh, God damn it. Um, good. Well, I'm glad you... You had a little bit of uh, culture for you. By the way, the complete opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> Those fucking two movies in Cabin in the Woods. Way uh, what different. Do, what do you give uh, History of Violence and Eastern Promises? Uh, Eastern Promises, four... History of Violence, I'll put it at three five. Also, maybe Easter Promise would be close to a four five for me. It's a really special movie. I like it quite a bit. I think three five for History of Violence is good. Closer to a four than a three. Maybe that. Maybe it's just because that big dining hall is so inviting. I love. I'm it. just like. What? How about the way homie said borscht? <laughs> if you like, I will make you some more borscht. I'm like, I don't even know what that is, but I want a big bowl of it at this point. I'll take. I'll take. Simeon saying vodka all day every By the day. way, those guys, they're just drinking vodka like all fucking day. <laughs> How about when he's getting the tattoos and he's like just sitting there just pounding vodka at the same time? Right. You know how much that must hurt to get those fucking tattoos on your knees? Can you imagine, I mean, that scene where he's sitting in front of the five, I don't know if you call them heads of the family or sure. whatever. I'm sitting here like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> this is a fucking wild ride. If you if you fail this, they'll probably just cap you out back. Yeah. I don't know. I I think they cast the movie perfectly, too, because nobody felt like they were acting. They right. all felt like they were those scary guys. No, nah, the barber felt perfect. The, the whole set. Oh, I forgot the whole fucking bathroom setup also. Yeah. Yeah, the bathroom setup was... Uh... You're protecting Kirill? <laughs> I, mm. um, it was good. It was good. Naomi, uh, Naomi Watts, I think. She was good at it, too. Yeah. Big Shoot is gaming, and he wants you to be a part of it. Head over to Chad Duke Show Gaming on Facebook, turn on your notifications, and you'll know when Shooter is going live. Tune in to see big finishing moves, tall vampire ladies, and samurais in Tsushima. Follow Chad Duke Show Gaming to get all the info you need on any of the giveaways that take place as well. Thank you to all of our great guests this week. Uh, we had a fantastic, fantastic week. And it's always fun to have guests in because it, it, it breaks up a bit of the um, the standard two-man. Uh, it's fun to have Ryan O'Halloran on. It's fun to have E-Rock on. Uh, they were both great this week. If you wanted to listen to their interviews, uh, just sign up, chaddukeshow.com. Not holding you hostage. You can go with it. It's month by month. If you only want, If you only want it for one day... Go ahead, get it for one day if you just want to listen to one show. If you want to crawl back and find Pump Radio, and that's you say, oh, I want to hear all these guys talk about the gym and the issues with the gym. You can do that. You can cancel right after. There's no one-year plan. There's no one-week plan. There's none of that. There's no a la carte plan. We're going month. So if you do that and you end up liking it, maybe you say, all right, a couple weeks, I'll check out something else. It's all up to you. But this episode is here for you to say, I have that option. I'm a strong person, and I have the option to pay for a podcast if I want to, or not. I have that option. I have a mortgage, but I also have the option. I have a car payment, but I have the option 
All of this, you see, it just trickle. It, it all comes together nicely. Well, you still have the control, big man. You still have it. You got the stick. You have the option. That's all you can ever ask for in this world. Um. Anyway, thank you to Monk's Barbecue again for sponsoring the show. They are fantastic. Uh, thank you to uh, Joe Azer and Matt and Lisa Burke. Uh, they are uh, awesome. Also, fantastic sponsors. Uh, Joe Azer, if you're looking to do anything with a home, uh, 571-989-2937, whether buy or sell. Uh, Joe Azer, that's his number. M.W. Burke, home renovations, www.mwburke.com. They're great people, uh, great sponsors of the show, uh, really enjoy um, putting people on to them. Anyways, next week should be a big one, getting ready for more NFL talk, more, and I know that's not what the show is, uh, it's not NFL talk, but it's 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 really going to start winding up here. Free agency opens up on the 16th, who's going where, we already got Camille, Khalil Mack going over to... To the Chargers, we got a whole bunch of QBs shifted all over the place. It's awesome. It's a great time of year. I love this time of year. MLB is back, I guess. We won't say a word about that. We're talking about the fun sports. All right, everybody. I am Gigantor. I'll be signing off, leaving you all with this show, and then hopefully some more good shit next week. It'll be a fun one. All right. I almost said roll out the trash cans out of habit of hearing it. Have a good day.